Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scene to Scene podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Complex, assistant editor and film writer and podcast host at Deadline Hollywood. And on this episode today, we are talking to Attica and Tembi Locke, the creative duo, showrunner, writers, and executive producers, and sisters behind the Netflix's highly anticipated limited series from scratch. Now, the series premiered on Netflix last Friday on October 21st, and the film stars Zoe Saldana, Danielle Deadweiler, Keith David, Kalita Smith, Eugenio Mastrandrea, and Judith Scott. I really hope I got his name right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. From Scratch is a cross-cultural love story that follows Amy, played by Saldana, an American student studying abroad in Italy as she meets and falls in love with Lino, a Sicilian chef. Their whirlwind romance faces many unforeseen challenges, including their very different cultural backgrounds, of which Lino's family is not accepting of Amy's. But when Lino is faced with an unimaginable health challenge and the couple's future is threatened, the two families come together to create an extended family unlike any they could have imagined, proving that love crosses all borders. Now, the From Scratch series is based on the book of the same name that was written by Tembilock. It's an autobiography and a story that was written to inspire people to embrace resilience, love, and the power of community through their work. Now, Tembi penned this memoir because she was looking for catharsis and looking to write down her personal story. After the book was picked up by Simon & Schuster, the book went on to chart the New York Best Time seller list and was chosen as a 2019 Reese Book Club pick and was quickly picked up by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine and Netflix. Besides being a best-selling author, Tembi is also a TV producer, actor, screenwriter, and advocate who is nationally recognized as a speaker for her keynotes on resilience, loss, and motherhood. She has also created online courses for caregivers stemming from her years of caretaking for her late husband. Attica Locke is also a New York Times best-selling author who has written five novels and has been honored with a myriad of accolades, including an Edgar Award, the Harper Lee Prize for Legal Fiction, the Ernest Gaines Award for Literary Excellence, an NAACP Image Award, a Los Angeles Times Book Prize, among many others. Whew, that's a lot. You got to say that with one breath. And as a former fellow at the Sundance Institute, featuring the Filmmakers Lab, Attica is also a screenwriter and producer with credits including Empire, When They See Us, and the Emmy-nominated Little Fires Everywhere, for which she won an NAACP Image Award for television writing. Woo! I have said a mouthful. These are two powerful ladies. They are out there writing their stories, staying true to themselves, and and staying true to that sisterly bond that they have and you can hear it you can see it I've met them before and they are just so close and really know how to 
sort of play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses and they protect each other. And that is so genuine and something that you don't see in the business that can be so full of fake and phony folks. These are two true to life people. Tune into this, to this slamming conversation uh, in which we talk about traveling, traveling while black, uh, what it's like to be a showrunner, um, working with a writing partner, working with Reese Witherspoon, their past experiences. We talk about it all in this conversation. So I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to shut up. Now let's get into it. I'm so excited to have uh, Attica and Tembi Locke on the Scene to Scene podcast. Uh, I met these two talented, brilliant ladies at the Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival and have really been big fans uh, ever since um, because of what they represent, what they stand for, and what they won't stand for. And, um, and just, I'm really fascinated by writing pairs as well and learning how that works. Thank you guys for coming. Oh my God, thank you for having us. It is such a pleasure anytime. I love chatting with you. I, I really, I wanna get this first question out the way um, because I'm curious, as a black woman, do you think it is important that black women travel as much as they can within their power, travel internationally, and why? Uh, I'll kick that one off. I absolutely think that there is uh, incredible uh, psychic, cognitive, intellectual, creative, spiritual power um, in leaving the confines of the continental United States of America and all that comes with it. <laughs> And casting yourself on a new, on new land, new earth, and um, seeing what opens up in you, seeing how it asks of you to think of the world differently, perhaps think of yourself differently, um, to check preconceived notions you might have had, but also to just have some fun. You can go places and just have fun and discover and. Um, you know, there's all these, there's even brain science around what it means, how new, new neural pathways are created when we travel. Mm -hmm. Like literally you, you, the old grooves, like don't work. <laughs> you got to create new grooves because you're in a right. new place. And like, it's a new language, like the signs don't, the street signs don't, 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 don't make sense. And so you are, you're, you have a beginner's mind that you bring to new places and experiences. And as someone who my early travel experience was literally a life-changing one. Mm -hmm. I can say uh, undeniably that there's great value in it. And you do it better than me. I'm, you are much more adventurous than I am. <laughs> but I will say what you just said is going to stick with me forever, that it can give you a beginner's mind. I love that so much because it all, that, that way of thinking means you get to come back to your old life and see it new. You come back home and you see it with a beginner's mind. One of the best things that I, um, <clears throat> it was when I was living in Italy, I actually read Baldwin's Giovanni's Room. Mm -hmm. Everybody's read that book, that, or Baldwin. What travel did for him, 
<laughs> what leaving the United States and finding himself in, in France did. As a young person at 20 years old, I was like, what is happening here? Like there is a whole, um, there's a precedent of great minds of great African-American men and women who have done this at times when it was harder and more challenging, <laughs> right? With fewer resources. And it opened up their lives in big, beautiful ways. So I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to second what the Locke sisters have said, because I, I, you know, my sister and mom um, sort of voluntold me that I was going to go work out of the country instead of spending time in the streets, buying Jordans and wasting money. They were like, you will go work in Korea. And I was like, um, okay. And it was the first time I had been on an airplane. Um, I was 18 years old and wow. the flight was 21 hours at the time. And it was my first time on a plane. It was my first time in Asia and I didn't know the language. And it was just a group of us sort of thrown into the situation and kind of told to figure it out. And so uh, we did and, you know, when I came back, it, every time I come back from long stays of traveling, it's like a different world when I come back to the block, um, especially, you know, after I served in the military and lived in Korea again, and then lived in Germany. It was just like, when you talk about that, that, that sense of wonder and that sense of newness, it's all there. And it, that you transfer that feeling into the book and into this series into this limited series as we see with amy and you know when she first sort of touches down in italy there is this sense of like otherworldliness even though it's on earth but when you're new and you you know you're young and you haven't been out the country and you see this a place like sicily that's very ancient, very old, very beautiful. And some of the people are very stuck in their ways. It's a unique experience. So can you guys talk about how capturing that feeling and making sure it comes across in these characters in this story? One of the first things that jumps to my mind in terms of the pilot and early on in the series, and it's, it's something that was based in life. You talk about like everything is new. So for me, when I got to Florence, um, I was eating this thing called uh, a cornetti, right? Mm. Right. And I was like, this is the best thing I have ever had in my life. Da, 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 da. Well, for Italians, it was just like basically eating a straight up donut. Like there was nothing right. special about it. Mm -hmm. It was just a thing, right? It was like, okay, everybody has these. But for me, I thought like the, the you know, <laughs> the whole, the, the skies had parted. And so we chose to put a micro moment of that on screen, but just to show like at every level, Amy, her senses are being awakened to new things. And of course, later in the same episode, Lino tells her, that's a donut. Like, what are mm -hmm. you doing? You mm -hmm. know? Um, and so we tried to sort of, that's one sort of visual example of it. Um, Attica, you were going to jump in. You had something. No, oh, I was going to say that how we did it is her. <laughs> we just, you know, Tempe was in our writer's room uh, every day. And so she was the person that we could, and there had been other writers who had traveled abroad as well. So part of capturing that was looking to Tempe, to her memories of what it felt like, and also what it felt like as the time period is, is, is um, it's basically a period piece. I mean, our show takes place in 2000. Timby, you were there even earlier. And so capturing, 
capturing it before everybody has cell phone in their hand, all those kind of actual visceral memories, we leaned on Tembi for that to, and on set we did too, because Tembi would, was on set too. And so mm. she would have these memories come up while we were sometimes filming literally on the same block where she lived in Florence as a student. Wow. She would you know, be able to give all this kind of color to beats in, in the scenes because of that. And, you know, getting an actress like Zoe Saldana to sort of transfer your experiences through, um, there had to be more than just like, okay, well, she's a talented actress, like, okay, whatever. There had to be like more of a connection there. Um, can you guys talk about, about that and, and specifically casting someone who is kind of more known to be an action star um, and finding that connection. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say um, initially, um, it was actually Reese Witherspoon who was having dinner with Zoe one night um, and with Zoe's husband who is Italian. <laughs> So first connection point. Um, and she was watching them sort of banter back in Italian. And I think she was like, oh my God. And she'd read my book and she was like, I think this is, this might be the, oh, this is a match. And so she contacted, um, they contacted us at Hello Sunshine and said, what about Zoe? And Attica, you can kick it off from here. No, and so that that started for us. We went back and, and looked at um, some of her work. We, um, but the real, turning point in terms of her joining in is having met her there is a kind of and it's got some I mean some of the action star stuff is in there there is a tenderness and a strength that's married together that presents in her when you meet her and when you talk to her and it just felt like that was a fit being able to capture the part of Amy and the part of my sister that is both I call my sister a filament and a light bulb she just spreads light everywhere, but she's also kind of fragile. She's strong and fragile. It felt like Zoe could capture that. Zoe has also experienced loss in her life. And that was something that she talked about um, when we pitched the show, because we all pitched today. She was in every pitch meeting. And she and her sisters were also producers on, on the series. And they lost their father when they were about the age of the little girl in the series. And so that was a point of connection for them. And so all of it, it was a, a, a felt sense that 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 also that Zoe had a willingness to crack herself open for this role. And no. good. No, it's because also her husband is an artist. And yes. so knew that the, the character of Amy would be an artist. So there were so many intersecting points that felt like, how would this is this is this is kismet, right? This is this is it. When you talk about cracking yourself open, and especially for you, Tembi, I imagine you had to be sort of open and vulnerable all the time. How how did you? manage to decompress and maybe even you probably you know sometimes went to uh your sister for comfort or maybe you took some alone time like because this is like about your life it's not like an actor who can sort of say well the day is done that character stays on set you don't get that opportunity so what was what was that like dealing with that 
I will say from the beginning, um, when, from the outset, when I said, okay, I actually want to be a part of this process, meaning, I mean, there are many people who write books and their books are adapted in memoirs. We're like, great, go adapt it. I'm going to stay home and <laughs> work on something else. I didn't make that choice. I made the choice to be a part of this. And I kept asking myself, what is my why? And I felt that my why was I, I felt intuitively that I could be the sort of guardian of the essence of this story in a way that no one else could, right? No one else could. Um, and, but I also knew that that would require much of me emotionally, uh, intellectually, um, in my relationship with my sister, as we would try to co-create this and craft it and lift it onto the screen. And so I was very clear that, um, in order to do this big project, I had to do it from a place of love. And I knew that it would trigger. I knew it would bring up memories. I knew I'd be asked to unpack them, to offer them up, to share them with others, to have people interpret them, misinterpret them. And ultimately the only way I could do any of that work was if I had a team of people around me supporting me. And what I mean by that is close friends and family, I mean a therapist, and I mean at the epicenter, my sister, who was right next to me, who we could have a shorthand creatively and spiritually and you know emotionally as sisters, where I go, this this bit is too much. <laughs> like today, I need to take five, you know, or or she could see in my face an expression, right? Ah, this might be tipping into an area that's hard. Or when we were in the writer's room, she's like, Tammy, when we're breaking episode seven, let's say, which is the like, give us everything that you need to say up front, what you know you want in it. And then don't come to the writer's room for a couple of days because we're going to be hashing, you know, hashing out the story. Similarly, when it came time to film all of the hospital scenes, I was there for much of it, but there were some days where I was like, mm -mm, can't do it. So that the safety protecting the protecting the human in me, the woman in me, the wife in me, the widow in me, the mother in me, so that I could do the work as writer and producer, we knew we were doing both things simultaneously. And I could only do that with a great partner like my sister. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, on your previous, you know, your previous writing task, you know, you were, your the writer's room was always outside of the material. Um, you know, when you're writing it, you write it, these are characters that aren't close to you, they don't exist in, in, the, in the 3D world. But in this case, where were, was it difficult to step outside of yourself sometimes to get the work done because you're so close to the material? Yes, sometimes. I got better at being able to pivot and, and filter what is happening to me emotionally versus what my thinking about a pitch is as a showrunner. 
I mean, week one, somebody pitched something and I was like, no. And then I, I caught myself and I said, wait a minute. I'm reacting to something because it's calling up a memory of feelings I have. It has absolutely nothing to do with what you just pitched. Let's now take what you offered and see how we can make it work. I got better at being able to do things where I wouldn't have to say that out loud, where I could actually just filter in my head, oh, you're reacting to this based on a feeling of the person who experienced it, not as the person telling the story. I think what helped us also is we changed the names we the, the, some of the professions are different and that gave Tembi psychic space and it gave us space as storytellers to go there's us and then there's these characters like they can do some things that maybe we wouldn't do we can turn up the drama we can um uh feel free to make the best story possible while holding on to that essence as Tembi was talking about Valerie, you know, I like that question also because there were times on set, I remember feeling like I would have a visceral reaction to something, right? And it, I had to learn to discern, was that a visceral reaction? Because wait, something's missing and we need just this extra thing that's not here. Or was I that I reacted because I was triggered by something, you know? And so you're always wearing these two hats <laughs> and these two parts of yourself and you have to be very... Um, open and willing to check in with the person next to you and go, I'm feeling this way. Do you think it's this or do you think it's this, right? And I trust her enough to give me a good read on it. And if it still is bothered, if it still continues to bother me, then I know, wait, something deeper is going. And I learned to trust that intuition at a very deep level to say, no, if this is still hanging out, bothering me, there's something that's either not working in the scene or it needs a different piece of dialogue, or maybe, you know, there's another, another approach. So, we got good at that over time. And I think it's really easy when you're in those situations to try to push yourself beyond the limits and learning how to say no to yourself is probably one of the, one of the biggest hurdles any human will probably have to go through. So kudos to you all for just, you know, learning to say, no, you know, no, I've had enough. I need to you know, I need to sort of uh, check out at this moment. And so since you, you both were sort of in this world together, what I want to know more about is sort of like the production side and the, the technicalities where uh, Temi, Tembi, you, you sort of are joining Attica on this production ride of, of, of a showrunner and writer's room. And I, I want to know more about the experience of a showrunner and someone who has to navigate that stateside and internationally and what it's like as an outsider to join in on that world and have and have you know your opinions and sort of learn how it works along the way I don't know does that make sense I'm trying to it, it does totally makes sense and I I will say this that when I felt like Tembi was joining, my world was in the writer's room. By the time we got to set, because Tembi had had 20 plus years experience as an actor, I felt like we were more on an even playing field. Then when we got to Italy, baby, that was Tembi was practically running that shit as far as I'm concerned, because what did I know? I'd never lived in Italy. I'd never been to Sicily. So you know, there were all these places where one or both of us were kind of, in a way, kind of taking the lead in terms of experience. And so um, I will say this as a first time showrunner, 
this was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I've written five books and I have a child. And, and part of that was show running is a bananas job. Part of that is exactly what you said. We were in two countries. It was early on in the pandemic. I wasn't vaccinated when we started shooting. Uh, there's multiple languages. There are all these things, but it's hard for me to say that I had a normal show running experience because it was a story close to me, but because I had a partner that even though I was holding it all in my head, there was somebody right next to me who I just trusted with every fucking fiber of my being, excuse my language, uh, whom I respected with every fiber of my being and who I could cry with or laugh with at any moment. Go ahead, T. Yeah, and I want to say that, you know, very early on, I knew, I was clear, I was like, I have written one book, all right, that is based on my life, and now it is about to be made with Netflix, with my sister show running, with Zoe and her, with Hello Sunshine, and I thought, I have the lived experience, and I have a great deal of, you know, emotional intelligence and some intuition, but my sister knows what a writer's room is. She is an experienced executive producer. So I'm hopping onto a train that she knows how to conduct, right? And my role here is to help facilitate and lift her so she can do the hard work that is show running. So when I didn't know something, I was like, well, she knows it. So we gonna do what she said, right? <laughs> and if I in, could feel like maybe, you know, she was struggling or she was sort of unsure, I could step aside, put on my sister hat and just be like, you got this, you got this. And I'm here and we're going, if you don't know it, we're going to figure it out together because you're running your first show and I'll be damned if it's not going to be great because I'm your sister. <laughs> and that's how we're doing this. Like, so it was both things, right? And of course, when we got to set, as Attica said, it was a lot of like, it, we were handing off the baton, right? And I would say it was a dance. It was a dance between what does the scene need? What does the production need right now? And, and Attica has a kind of um, an intellectual acumen that can hold, right? At one point there were 10 episodes we'd written and then we brought them down to, to the eight that they are. She can hold the through line, story beats, lines of dialogue all in her brain. I don't, I don't possess that quality. What I could do would be to, if she was needing to sort of solve or hold a story point in her mind or a, or a piece of dialogue or a costume that was put forth in episode three that we knew she knew was gonna screw us up when we got to episode eight, while she held that, I would drop in and be like, okay, I'm gonna focus on X, Y, or Z. And so together we could do it. Um, and I was really invested in not only, of course, the story being as true and accurate and heartfelt, and of the fulfillment of the dream we initially set out to do, but I also wanted her to succeed. You know, I mean, it's, I know Aww, how, I, 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 but I know I, how, you never it put is, it I, like that. That's so you know, but there's, it, it is rare. I mean, we, we were given a rare privilege, right? To be able to tell this story at this time in this way. And I knew that it, it was a first. I mean, I knew just on the start, even if I wasn't involved in this at all, this was a, a kind of a first story we had not seen a story like this on screen and I wanted that on screen even just as a viewer so I would have just supported this even if I had nothing to, you know nothing to do with it because I wanted to see a story like this out there but because my sister is at the helm right now even if I am having a hard day and even if there are the triggers that are there and all the things I galvanize around the shared objective of we've got to get this story made 
and we got to get it made this way. You know, from listening to the two of you talk, it sounds like you both have the perfect balance and sort of know by experience, of course, of being sisters and working on this project, um, where to pick up where the other may not necessarily lack, but you both fill in those fissures that are there for one another. And it makes it sound like the, like, cause I'm, you know, I'm in a writing, uh, a, I'm a part of a writing pair and we compliment one another by the things that we just lack. And I'm like, this is why we're writing partners because you do this and I do this and together we make this. And so, um, you know, listening to you talk and your and you guys' dynamic, I'm wondering, was there ever a time where the two of you actually butted heads over something? I can't think of anything. I no, mean, did, go ahead. I, no, I was gonna say there were times when I would doggedly be like, yeah, I think it just needs this. And sometimes it was very hard to put my to articulate it very precisely, right? And Attica would be like, okay, but no, I think it's, I think it's kind of, no, you know, but what she did was she was like, and I, I really, it was a gift what she said. She said, you know what? I'm a novelist, I'm a writer. And if I were on set as a novelist and I was saying to the showrunner, it needs this thing, I would want that showrunner to listen to me. So she gave me that grace. So she would be like, okay, well, let's, Let's try. So she would hang out with me through the discomfort of me pushing back or, or suggesting maybe it needed more, even if I couldn't articulate. But then at a certain point, if we, and at a certain point, we'd have to say, well, we got to, we, we got it or we got close enough and we're going to move on. But I think that was the place where it would be uncomfortable because I struggled with, there is a kind of a, an intangible quality that I'm looking for, either in, 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 in perhaps a performance or perhaps like the way the scene is coming together, or even sometimes just what was, what we were physically seeing on the screen. Like, oh, if we just, and you know, and I'm not a director, right? So how, what do I, but I know I was like, oh, to capture Sicily in this way. And I'm the only person on set who's been to Sicily. Like, I think if we do it this way, we'll get a lot more out of it, right? Those were the times when it probably, I would imagine Attica was kind of uncomfortable as a showrunner to like sit through that. I don't know, I, I'm, I'm asking actually. No, no, because I, I, what you just said is the truth, which is all things being equal, unless I totally disagreed with you. I was like, this this her story. I mean, she know what she talking about. We, we, none of us, this, we wouldn't be getting a paycheck right now if she didn't write this book. So she knows some stuff. And I would go with nine times out of 10, how you saw things, unless there were times that I pushed back where I would say, I think, no, I think it's okay. I think you're looking for something because you remember it a certain way, but this works for the story and it's okay. And then we had to learn, there were a couple of times on set where we had to learn how to, we would get triggered as sisters and we would have to learn the difference between like how to get that out the way of like, Timby told me one time, she's like, do, do, don't, I don't like this that you do on set. And I was like, oh, oh my, and I didn't realize I was doing it. I was like, oh my God, I would stop immediately. And then there was another time I was like, Timby, you can't do that. Like we just, 
but but because we have a relationship and we've both, both been in therapy long enough to know just be air, air that stuff out so you can get back to the work that we're all here to do and because the breath of our love and respect for each other is so strong we would just air that stuff out and then keep it moving my last question is what do you hope people get out of watching from scratch because like it's like a full experience. It's about, it's someone's life. It's someone's tragedy. It's, it's travel. It's, it's wonder. It's loss. It's triumph. You know, in, in, in your own words, what would you hope when somebody watches it? You're like, you know what? I hope you grasp this and take that with you. One of, one of the things that I most admire about my sister and most admired about her marriage to my brother-in-law is that those two have this really incredible ability to live life fully, no matter what is going on. And I think this show invites people to consider, to try living up until the very second that we don't anymore, no matter what. And through through cancer, through caregiving, through a lot of challenges that happened both in real life with my sister, my brother-in-law, Sato, but on this show with Amy and Lino, these characters have made, are making a choice that in the face of the unimaginable, we're gonna still imagine having beauty. We're gonna imagine living fully. We're gonna imagine grabbing joy, even in the face of the unknown and the difficult. Yeah, I, I, I... I add to that, that we, it's like, um, hold on to life while you're letting go. Because that's what we're always doing all the time, whether we are aware of it or not, every moment is fleeting. It's, it, it's a precious gift. And the degree to which we can be present, connected and involved. And I would add that the show is also an invitation to look beyond perceived notions of border, language, geography, race, culture, the things that make us different and to also see the things that make us the same, that shared humanity that we have and that it is an invitation that when we lean into, right, a kind and quality of love, and sometimes that looks like forgiveness and sometimes that looks like <laughs> standing up but when we lean into that love, there is an expansion and a grace and a wonder of possibility and joy that can await us. I think, you know, by, for me, by watching it, I, I was like, wow, I, I probably need to go to Florence and to Sicily. <laughs> I have not been, I've only, I've been to Rome um, and Verona and a couple of other places, but I had never been there. And anytime I see something like this, it just sort of ignites like a, a wonder, lust. Um, and I, 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 I don't know why, but I ended up, um, you know, watching the series and then watching Under the Tuscan Sun, which is like one of my favorite films. Um, and that was like a good like double feature so <laughs> i want to i want to let people know like yeah like go out and watch those and then if you got it and you can do it 
go to Italy somewhere um, because it's it's a wild place. I mean, anyway, we can talk about that off the record, but um, <laughs> thank you to, to Annika and, and Timmy. Thank you so much. I really love talking to you guys. Um, you, you all are so, so honest and vulnerable and earnest, which is important about your experiences um, in front and behind the camera. And I think that's very special in this industry and something that I will personally hold on to because um, y'all like my faves. So thank you again for, for coming oh, to a Deadline uh, Scene to Scene podcast. And with that, that's it. Thank you. What a pleasure. Oh, I love talking to you.